So, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, join me this morning in Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, that's, our, uh, that's our starting point as, as we continue in our discussion through the, the season of Advent and all of, uh, all of the things that, that come with Advent and come with this season. And this is, this is now our third week, and I bet, not just because it's the third week of Advent, but I bet just simply because if you haven't realized it, it's December the 12th, and that means Christmas is 13 days away, and so we are right in the middle literally in the middle of that season of Christmas and our focus uh, our attitude our our demeanor our lifestyle has shifted because of everything that's going on around us and there really is I love this saying I think it's from a song but I'm not smart enough to remember which one it's from but there's just something about Christmas time and there, there really is. I mean, Christmas is, is an awesome season, and we do get so very excited. Um, I get really excited for Christmas, even though sometimes I hide it because I don't want to expose the inner child that lives in me too much um, because people might run away. But Christmas is so very exciting, and there's just something about it. But what happens in Christmas is there is this crazy hustle and bustle that's going on around us that distracts us and pulls us all kinds of directions. And that hustle and bustle can create more hassle than it can happiness. We start to miss the joy of the season and we start to miss all that this is about, and I think that's really good for us to spend some time these weeks and talk about Advent, that, that season that we're in, again, for a Latin lesson, it comes from that word Adventus, but all that Advent means is coming. It's, it's really a, a simple word, and that's what this season is about. Uh, we are, we're looking back and we're celebrating Christ's birth, what has been behind us. And at the same time in this season, we're looking forward to the time when he will come again. We know that he will come again. And what we've developed, again, that idea that salvation is coming. He came when he was born. He's coming again. Salvation is coming. And for us, that word that we've settled on for this season, that's such an important word for us and, and what we've got to be sharing is hope. We have hope because we know what has happened. And a kicker for us, we know what's coming. That's the crazy thing for me sometimes um, and, and talking to people and, and, and hopefully people understand. We have the rest of the story. We already know what's going to happen. But we get to live in anticipation of his coming. And we get to share that hope that we have with 
in him, that hope that we have in him, that hope that was foretold by the prophets was fulfilled in the life and death of Christ and then will be fulfilled again when he comes back. And this is God's great for putting it in Heath words, this is God's great rescue plan that he laid out for us in Scripture that we know all about. And it just ought to be for us uh, just, this, just this excitement and, and joy that wells up inside of us and pushes us to do what he's called us to do and what he sent his son to do, that now we get to live in that great expectation of his return. And we ought to be just ready to bring anybody and everybody that we come, that will come with us along in this journey in that expectation. And there's, there's just so much that's wrapped up in that. But let's, let's take a look. Again, Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm going to do something to you like I did last week. All of these verses will be on the slides. The verses that we're going to read in a little bit, they're not all up there. So keep your Bible handy or your phone because you're going to need to follow along if, if, you, if you like to read as we read together. But it won't all be on the screens. But Isaiah chapter 9, three verses from Isaiah that again have been our key for this hope that we have. Beginning in verse 2. Again, the prophet Isaiah telling of the coming. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. He's coming. Verse 6. For a child is born to us. A son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. I love these names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then here's the key word for us this week, Prince of Peace, Peace and Joy. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord, the zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So our hope is in the truth that the prophets gave us hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. He's coming, and we know that he came the first time, but he's coming again. And our hope rests in that. And, and we've been, because candles uh, are a tradition of Advent, and we've been lighting candles as we've gone through our study together. And the first candle that we lit is the hope candle. And again, that basis of everything that we're talking about, the hope candle, also called the prophet's candle, that, that foretelling that he's coming. And, and hope symbolizes for us those promises that have been delivered and the promise that we have in our hope in Christ. And it's hope is a beautiful chance for us to remember and to look forward to what we have in our Savior. God has given us hope 
through Jesus Christ. And you know, hope can be something so very hard to understand. But hope is in us because of Christ, in the hard times, in the crazy times, and just thinking for us all the week that we've had just this week, we still have hope. God will not ever let us down. He'll never disappoint us. We have hope. And then last week, the second candle that's still burning, uh, we lit the faith candle or Bethlehem's candle and we talked last week about waiting and preparation and and those two words go together but those two words take a lot of energy and can take a lot out of us because waiting takes patience and the prophet Isaiah indicated to us that then the people were going to have to wait and he's telling us today that we have to wait we have to have faith in Christ, um, our deliverance is assured, but we have to be willing to wait on Him. And that, that creates in us, I hope, that creates and reminds us of the dependence that we have on Him, that we're counting on Him. And so many things in this world let us down, but He doesn't, He won't. And that's our hope. And then there's that idea of, of preparation. And we, we ended last week really talking, focused on this whole idea of preparation uh, because we're doing things in our hope because of our faith. We're doing things expecting something to happen. And that expectation is of His return. We're, we're getting ready for His return. But that preparation in the waiting requires something of us as we're spending time waiting anticipating his return we have to be diligent diligent about the world around us and diligent in the world around us something that i said last week that i think really sums that up and there's for us eagerly we're eagerly impatient for something to happen because we're de- Depending on Jesus and while we're depending on him and that salvation that hope that we have in him we we're making preparation for his return and the word that we use last week we can hasten his return hurry his return by the way that we live by our prayer for his return by the lives that we live but this is not preparation in isolation we've got to be preparing and working and sharing our faith and sharing the hope that we have with everybody around us and as I always say share Jesus with everybody that you come in contact with and when you have the opportunity use words you may not always have the opportunity to use words but people should see that there's hope in us And there's something in us. They should see that by the way that we live, by the way that we walk, by the way that we talk, by the way that we handle all of the things around us. People should see something in us. And that's going to give us the opportunity to share with our words. I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand me. 
I'm not saying avoid conversations at all costs because sometimes that conversation is in the moment and don't ever walk away from that conversation. But our lives should be a reflection of the hope that we have because of the faith that we have in the waiting as we're preparing for his return. And then this morning, our fourth candle, the candle of joy. And it's also called the shepherd's candle. Here we go. It lit the first time. That's good. I ought to light them ahead of time, but I, I don't want to. I want it to be that, that brand new thing. But anyway, today's candle, the, the joy candle. And it, it's, it's what we're going to talk about this morning because the hope that we have in Christ, our faith in the waiting as we're making preparations for his return, we know that he's coming again. And this for us should be the joy that just, man, it just ought to just run out of us like water. It just, and it, it's hard. It's hard to understand. And I'm the, I'm the first one to admit to you that the joy that I have doesn't always just shine for everybody to see. But we should have in us joy and there's the christmas song that we haven't done yet and i i'm not sure that we're going to because it's a hard song but joy to the world i mean that's we ought to be joy in the world around us and we're we're all going through some of the same things that everybody around us is going through but joy is still part of who we are because of the hope that we have in Christ and 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 catch this know this understand this I'm sure that you all do you're smart people joy I'm not talking about happiness because happiness we we can be happy and happiness is even a result of joy, but happiness in itself, being happy in the moment, is not what we're talking about when it comes to joy, because joy, and I'm going to read this to make sure I say it right, joy is the experience of knowing that you're unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, death, nothing can take that away so the result of that joy is even present during sadness happiness isn't always present during sadness but joy is i'm going to read that again joy is the experience of knowing that you're unconditionally loved and that nothing Again, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that away. Nothing can rob us of our joy because our joy comes through our faith in Jesus. And the struggles can't steal that from us. The struggles of life can't take away the joy that we have in Christ. So how can we not how, how can we not rejoice? 
How can we not be joyful knowing that we have eternity in Him, our hope rests in Him? How can we not have joy? Simple answer, because we get caught up in things going on around us and we we can push that back, but joy, it's an action. It's not a feeling. Happiness is that feeling that we can have, but joy is an action that we can be engaged in regardless of how we feel. That's the key for us for joy. It's an expression. It's an expression of who we are in Christ. And you kind of you can see how these whole all of this stuff is stacking up our hope, our faith, our joy in Christ. And for us, it it really is an answer. How can we express hope without expressing joy to the world because of what is to come? And that joy leads us to peace because that contagious joy that we should have that should be part of who we are as we're living our lives in Christ should be what's bringing peace all around us. That joy brings peace because joy is a light. And just like Isaiah talked about in in Isaiah 9, that Prince of Peace, it's that same peace on earth in Luke chapter 2, that pointing to Christ, that peace that we have in Him and our joy is the light that brings peace around us. Some verses that I want to share with you this morning as as we look at this idea of peace and joy and how we're living this out as an expression. Go from Isaiah chapter 9 to Philippians chapter 4. And again, all of these won't be on the screen. So grab uh, your Bible, your phone, whatever it is that you have this morning so that we can look at a couple of different passages And again, that idea of what that expression of peace looks like. And we're going to read Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. And this is Paul closing his letter to the church of Philippi. And in this closing, he's actually addressing um, some things to some very specific people um, to, uh, to a point where there's been maybe a little bit of of division and and discord in some individual lives and he's encouraging them to live their lives of joy and peace and lives of unity with each other and I think this is not just for them this this speaks for us as well and we're going to read through this together and then we're going to go back through it because there's there's a list in here that we need to be very mindful of but Philippians chapter 4 And let's start in verse 4. Paul tells us, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace 
will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything that you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And again, there's several things in there. And it's, to me, as, as I read this and, and, and study through it, there's, there's like a list that Paul is making for the audience that he's writing to, but a list for us as well about our lives of joy and peace in Christ. So let's, let's take a look at this list. And if, if you're a marker or an underliner or whatever in your Bible, I would suggest that, that you mark these because these are good things for us in life. It starts with um, verse 4, be full of joy. Yeah, that's easy to say. But our hope in Christ, that should be who we are. Be full of joy. He goes on to say, be considerate in all that you do. Again, that idea of joy being a light that brings peace to everyone around us. Be considerate. Be that person of peace in all that you do. And then this one, this one's talking to me especially don't worry. Do not worry. Tell God what you need and, and it's important, thank Him for what He has done. God is always working around us. And God is always giving us reminders of the reason for our joy. So, He's telling us, Paul is telling us, God is telling us through Paul, don't worry about these things. Let me carry these things. And then we're thanking him for what he's constantly doing. And then verse 8, and, and verse 8 and 9, and some, some keys for Heath. Verse 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. What he's telling us is, again, that idea of don't worry about all that little stuff. We need to narrow our focus, and it really is narrowing our focus. All that other stuff that's distracting us and taking us away, it's not God. It's the enemy working in our lives, and we need to narrow our focus to him. And look to Him and focus on those things that we know, the, the first word in the sentence, so true, on the things that we know are true and right and pure. Focus on Him. And then He tells us in, in verse 9, put into practice what you've learned and, and add to that what you're learning. Because this, this faith journey that we're on 
It's not a one-time thing. We don't, we don't give our lives to Christ and then we've got everything in our brain and everything is all together. We're learning as we're going. And our faith is growing as we're going because we're learning from God as we go. And that should give us more hope. That should strengthen our hope. And that results in joy. And that results in peace in our lives because we know in whom all things are good. And that's in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul spells it out for us so very nice. And that word that is using peace, shalom is the word in Hebrew that Isaiah uses. In the Greek, it's the word arene. And it's, it's, a, it's just a beautiful word because it's speaking of a state of well-being and unity and oneness and being in sync with God and in concert with God. You know, a lot of times we go to a concert uh, and we went to one with the Daily Owns not long ago. We went to a concert and we sat and we listened and we were blessed by what we heard. But in peace, when we're living in concert with those around us, it's not just sitting and receiving. It's again that idea of unity as we're together celebrating and joyous for what God is doing in our lives. And life is complex. And sometimes peace breaks down. We see that all around us all the time because there's always peace treaties and peace talks and all kinds of things about peace that we can hear about. But what is missing in that is what we have in the peace that we have in Christ. Because true peace, the definition of the word that we're finding in the scripture here, is about reconciliation and healing. It's more than just saying, y'all stop fighting. It's saying, work together in concert for each other's benefit. Because peace... Peace means completeness, wholeness, restoration of the things that are missing. And it's more than that sign that we hold up. And I don't know that we hold up a peace sign much anymore. But peace is more than just those two fingers that we hold in the air. Peace, peace is a presence, a well-being that completeness that we have in Christ because Jesus restored peace. Jesus restored wholeness between God and man. And without Christ, there's no peace between us and God. And let's look at that specifically. Romans chapter 5, just back a, a few pages, but Romans chapter 5, Paul again is spelling out this idea of that peace, that restoration, that completeness that we have in Christ that restores us. Think about a wall that's broken down. Without that restoration through Christ, that wall would remain broken down between us and God. There wouldn't be a wholeness or a completeness. But Christ put all of that back together and made 
peace between us and our, as we sang, good, good Father. So let's look, Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read uh, the first 11 verses, a little bit longer in the passage there, but uh, so very important. Beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God, wholeness, completion, restoration, because of what Christ has done for us. Because of your faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Uh, Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ... He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. That's peace God we're not worthy and I'm not trying to quote a bad movie scene but we're not worthy of the love of Christ but God at just the right time sent his son to restore and to rebuild all the holes in the wall in our relationship with him And we're made complete through Christ. Complete through Christ. Our hope is in Christ. As we go, He strengthens our faith in the waiting as we're diligent to make preparation for His return. And we live a life of joy and peace as we are the light in the world around us, working, working to restore wholeness in the lives of others around us. And we specifically can't restore their lives. But again, the life that we live that speaks of Jesus Christ, we can introduce them to the one that can restore that wholeness can complete for them that peace and that joy that we have in Christ. And that's what, that's what this idea of this season and joy, 
I mean, that, there's all kinds of stuff. I've said this four or five times now this morning. There's all kinds of stuff going on around us that's distracting us and taking away and trying to rob us of joy. But nothing can take away the joy that we have in Christ and nothing can rob us of the peace that we know because of what Christ has done for us. Period. The end. So Charlie, as you and Lisa come up and we'll worship again together. Again, this morning as, as, as we do, as we, as we close our time out together, remember, just remember that peace and that joy that we have in Him. And remember that there's nothing, there's nothing that can take that away from you, ever. And so as we worship this morning and as we celebrate who our Father is, rest in that joy and that peace this morning. Joe and I will go to the back, and if, if there's anything and there's any way that we can pray with you this morning, please come see us. Uh, we would love to pray with you as you're making this journey through life and to help you maybe again to see and to know that peace and that joy that's never gone anywhere, that's still present in your life today. So Father, as we worship, um, God, I pray that for each of us, we would just we would be reminded but god we would just be able to rest in the peace that comes through you and god thank you for that peace and that joy that we have in our lives because of what your son has done for us and we pray this in jesus name amen